The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hello and welcome back to the Roto Experts podcast daily podcast for today thursday february 7th 2019 i am scott engel the managing director of rotoexperts.com i am the king i am fantasy and make sure you go to rotoexperts.com now where we are 365 days a year nfl and fantasy football coverage uh everything you need dynasty keeper best ball Seasonal outlooks for 2019, betting odds, a lot coming up. And go this morning to rotoexperts.com and check out my latest advanced scout as I look forward to the 2019 season for the NFC champion, Los Angeles Rams. And, hey, if you're a Rams fan, don't be disappointed. Look, you fell one game short of your ultimate goal. But watching sports for so many years and, you know, talking to players and people on the beat, it's a significant accomplishment just to make a Super Bowl. It seems like, especially in the mainstream, that people forget about the team that doesn't win a World Series, that doesn't win a Super Bowl, that loses in the NBA Finals, or maybe the Stanley Cup Finals. Getting there is something to be proud of as a fan. Ultimately, everybody wants to see their team win a championship, but I think too many fans act like it's a failed season overall and something to forget about if they don't win it all. Winning a conference championship, getting to a Super Bowl is a very, very significant accomplishment. It's very, very hard. Only two teams are able to do it. In fact, there are still a dozen teams that never even played the Super Bowl. So if you're a Rams fan, why don't you call up your friend this morning who's like a Lions fan or a Browns fan and ask them if they would have taken it this past season. It's something to be, I think, proud of if you're a Rams fan and your team won the NFC Championship. And there's a great future to to look to if you're if you're a Rams fan, I believe. Because as I talk about my article on RotoExperts.com, this team was really missing Cooper Cup and a healthy Todd Gurley. If everybody's healthy, uh, headed into the playoffs next year. This team has a shot to win it all. So, you know, be proud of what the team has accomplished. I think it was a great season overall. Look, it's not how you quite wanted it to end, but I think you'll take it over the fortunes of 29 other teams. There's 29 other teams that would have loved to be in the Rams' spot. So I think that's something to remember, something to be proud of. Yeah, every Everybody looks too often 
as a football fan, as a sports fan, is the glass is is half empty. Well, I think the glass is about nine tenths full if uh, if you're a Rams fan because uh, you know they 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 won a conference championship. Very very hard to do. It's very hard for a football team in the most violent sport that we know to stay healthy throughout an f- entire football season. And uh, the Rams weren't fully healthy. And you can see it by the time the Super Bowl rolled around. Look, everybody wants to be the Patriots and have six Super Bowls and have them be the defending champs. But only one team can be that. Like I said yesterday, respect it, but still be proud of what your team accomplished if they got all the way to the Super Bowl. It's not a totally futile season. Too many people look at it as the cliche goes, cliches go in shades of black and white and not enough shades of gray. It's a very, very big accomplishment just to make a Super Bowl. You're listening to the Roto Experts Daily Podcast here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network here five days a week. Scott Engel, don't forget to listen to the Sunday edition, uh, of course, with myself and Joe Galita from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Every Sunday morning. Moving on to some other football topics. A lot to talk about with the New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's uh, reports out there, stories this morning in the New York Daily News and uh, and some uh, some other significant outlets about how New York Jets safety Jamal Adams, who is really the Jets' new signature player and uh, is not shy about talking to the media, has uh, come out and said that he's openly going to try to recruit Le'Veon Bell to come to the Jets. And uh, the Jets, when Vegas odds were released about where uh, where Antonio Brown could be traded, uh, they, they had the best odds at, at three to one. So which Pittsburgh Steeler is going to end up in green and white and maybe being the, ne- the next savior of the New York Jets? Uh, I talked about this. Last week, when I talked about Le'Veon Bell and where he was wanting to go, there are public indications that Le'Veon Bell wanted to go to the Indianapolis Colts, that he wants to play for a winner. I can't blame Le'Veon Bell, but from everything that I've read and seen, the Colts are not too hot on getting Le'Veon Bell. Now, the Colts have more cap space than anybody in the NFL, but do they really need a running back? They can use that available cap space to really build that defense. And I, th- I think that's something that they might be focused on in the offseason. Everybody's looking for the offensive fit. But uh, although we play fantasy football, everybody listens to this podcast, there is a defensive side of the ball, okay? The, the NFL teams just don't, don't look at it as a team defensive unit. I, th- I think the Colts pretty much have what they want on offense, especially a running back, where Marlon Mack played really well, exceeded expectations for a lot of people this past year, and they could complement him with Naheem Hines, who they drafted last year. Did they, would it be nice for them, the Colts, to have Le'Veon Bell? Sure. Would we love, as fantasy players, to see Andrew Luck and Le'Veon Bell play together? Absolutely. It'd be a great fantasy scenario in any format, but... Uh, Look, anything can happen, but early indications are that's probably not the best odds for a landing spot for Le'Veon Bell. So then next, you look you look towards the Jets, 
Like I said last week, if Le'Veon Bell goes to the Jets, that guy can become a legend in New York City. And all the money he can make on top of what he makes with the Jets, just in salary, in terms of endorsements and becoming a superstar, and he helps to turn this franchise around, Le'Veon Bell can really do something for his career. Uh, where in Pittsburgh right now, he's viewed as a villain. That guy can become a hero in the biggest media market in the country, uh, in a city that desperately is looking for a winner from a fan base that is starved for a winner for the last 50 years. Le'Veon Bell can become a hero. And Jamal Adams is out there uh, saying that he wants Le'Veon Bell. Some of the New York media is saying, you know, that's a bad idea for Jamal Adams to be out there recruiting Le'Veon Bell openly because then it puts the front office in a no-win situation, sort of, because if Jamal, if Le'Veon Bell comes to uh, comes to New York, then they give the credit to Jamal Adams. But if Le'Veon Bell doesn't come to the Jets, then it's the front office's fault. And uh, the Jets are going to be very aggressive this offseason. They're they're right they're right uh, right onto the Colts when it terms being being in cap space, available cap space. They have a hundred million dollars in uh, available cap space, and they said they're going to be very very aggressive this offseason. Uh, you know, the Jets are going to go for it in free agency. Now they have twenty three of their own free agents. Some of the money's going to have to be allotted to that, but. Get it, look, obviously getting Le'Veon Bell to pair with Sam Darnold to give him a superstar running back to take pressure off of him, not only is a runner, but also a receiver out of the backfield, is the absolute perfect fit. There's a lot of talk that the Jets could use a number one wide receiver, but there's other routes they could go to do that. You may even pluck in a, a receiver out of the draft. If the Jets were to go into next year with Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anudwa, who they just re-signed and made a priority, and they have Le'Veon Bell, that's a pretty good offense. Then they got a nice young tight end in Chris Herndon, but they can't both have both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Now, now we'll talk about it in a second, but there's uh, lots of scenarios in, uh, in which Antonio Brown would make sense for the Jets, and maybe they could get a lesser running back in the draft or in free agency. But do they get the running back? Do they go after the wide receiver? Which Steelers superstar is going to end up in green or white? And that's going to be one of the biggest stories of the offseason, not only from an NFL perspective, but from a fantasy perspective. Now, as, as far as Bell goes, the Jets are one of the best landing spots. Bell purportedly wants to go to a team that has a really good shot to win, but... Bell could be a piece that boosts the Jets in a little bit of a longer term and, like I said, would really just make him an iconic figure in the New York metropolitan area. So it's got to be appealing to him. Jamal Adams is out there, uh, you know, wanting this team to get better. Uh, the Jets fan base loves Jamal Adams right now. Uh, he's the closest thing they have to a signature player. So... Bell to the Jets makes a lot of sense. They have the cap room. They have the need. They have the money. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably make some other offseason moves. And they have the third pick in the draft. 
if they were to get Le'Veon Bell in free agency, and then it could use a third pick in the draft to get a, a top pass rusher or bolster the defensive line, uh, use some other cap money to fill up some other spots there. But did the Jets really want to like blow all that much money on one player? Did they want to do it to a lesser degree and maybe get a bunch of pieces? It's going to be very, very interesting because you know I've talked a lot about Mark Ingram on this show. If, if Le'Veon Bell ends up somewhere else, well, hey, what about getting Mark Ingram instead? I think he'd be a nice consolation prize. I think he'd be a very, very solid runner and running back and could probably catch the ball more out of the backfield than he did with the Saints. Uh, there's a lot of talk that he wants to remain with New Orleans, but you know why not go get a starting job somewhere else? I think I think he would get awarded a starting job uh, if he were going to a team like the Jets. And here are some of my top spots for Le'Veon Bell. It's like CBSSports.com actually uh, did an article ranking all the 32 teams in terms of preferred landing spots for Le'Veon Bell. I disagreed with some of them. The Jets, obviously, we talked about. The Eagles were CBS's number one landing spot. Uh, the Eagles have to get creative, getting rid of Nick Foles. We've talked about it a lot on this show, about how the Eagles are very tight in salary cap room. But uh, the Eagles might be the most attractive destination for Le'Veon Bell in terms of being close to winning. The one thing that team is missing is an outstanding running back or just a quality running back. And that team was just a Super Bowl champion a year ago, got to the playoffs again this year. Le'Veon Bell can uh, turn his forces instantly around by going to the Philadelphia Eagles. He can leave a team that he doesn't want to want to play for anymore and go to a team go to a team that he could just easily get to the Super Bowl with. Well, not easily, but that he's if Le'Veon Bell goes to the Eagles, they are going to be a top contender in the NFC again. And in the AFC, the Steelers can I hate the Steelers fans, you hate hearing this, but they can't beat the Patriots. They can't get past the Patriots. Le'Veon Bell would seemingly have an easier path to the Super Bowl in the NFC playing for the Eagles than staying in the AFC and trying to futilely get the or unsuccessfully get past the Patriots yet again. So it's a great scenario. That team is that team could be a Super Bowl contender next year, even if they don't get Le'Veon Bell. If they get Le'Veon Bell, though, I think uh, I think a lot of people would view them as a favorite again. Uh, but they also have to fix some pieces on defense. But obviously, anybody who watches football knows that the Eagles would be a great landing spot for Le'Veon Bell. Then there's Tampa Bay. You know, they're not that close to winning. It's not a major media market. Uh, doesn't have the cachet of a New York or even a Philadelphia. But uh, Jameis Winston could certainly use the help. Tampa Bay definitely needs a running back. Uh, they don't really have cap space. They'd have to get creative, but it's interesting. Then there's the San Francisco 49ers, who will hopefully get a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo back. And Antonio Brown's already said he wants to play there. Jarek McKinnon is a guy that they have who's coming back, but is he, is he really the answer? If Le'Veon Bell goes to the 49ers and they get back a healthy Garoppolo, all of a sudden that's a team that looks like a contender. 
So that's a very interesting landing spot. But I would have to probably say my favorite three landing spots are the Jets, the Eagles, and the Houston Texans. The Texans have cap room. Like the Eagles, they're close to being uh, a team that can make a deep playoff run. And if they were to get Le'Veon Bell and to pair with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, just look out. You know, that that's a team that would have to be one of the considered one of the favorites in the AFC to knock the Patriots off their perch. The Steelers would hate to see uh, Le'Veon Bell stay in the conference and have to run into him in the playoffs if they make the playoffs again. But Houston is a terrific, terrific landing spot. Uh, you know, that team, the expansion team, obviously, has yet to go to a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell can certainly uh, steal some uh, fans away, maybe from America's team over there, which hasn't won in over 20 years. Will some people jump to the Texans from the Cowboys? <laughs> That'll be very interesting to see. But I, if I had to rank it, I would say my top three preferred landing spots for Le'Veon Bell uh, for a pure NFL perspective, I would say one, the Jets, two, the Texans, three, the Eagles. From a fantasy perspective, uh, I think I think they're all close. I, I would like to see them land with the Texans from a fantasy perspective, uh, just because they already have Watson and they have Hopkins, and uh, you know that uh, he would just be that missing piece uh, on that offense. And can really roll up some some great numbers playing with a guy like Watson. Uh, the Jets would be third because they still have that young quarterback, and uh, you know they're going to sputter a little bit more. Even if they, you know, I'm splitting hairs here. Even if they were to land Bell, and the Eagles would probably be second from a fantasy perspective. But from terms of his career, uh, I think Le'Veon Bell would be doing himself a great service by going to New York. Now, there's a lot of talk uh, already right now about uh, the transition tag and whether the Steelers will slap him with it. It's a very complicated situation. But ultimately, uh, you know, some NFL analysts think it's it's really not a good move for the Steelers to use a transition tag that is basically uh, better to let Le'Veon Bell walk and get a compensatory pick in 2020. Either way, he's gone, uh, and those are the three teams I think you should go to. But then there's a the matter of Antonio Brown, and the Jets have a number three overall pick, and the team also needs a pure number one wide receiver. Robbie Anderson can be that guy, maybe. He's their best receiver. Uh, he's a restricted free agent. The Jets are likely to keep him. Uh, for a second-round tender, all published reports are indicating that that's going to be the situation. But is he a true number one? No. He, he, he's, he's definitely a great deep threat who uh, played really better towards the end of last season. But could the Jets trade Robbie Anderson? Uh, there's been some rumors that maybe if they go after a true number one wide receiver and deal for one, that Robbie Anderson maybe could be shipped out as part of some sort of trade. Uh, the Jets do have the arsenal to trade for Antonio Brown. They have the salary cap. They have they have the top three overall pick. Could they be willing to send it? I'm just you know throwing stuff against the wall here. 
what they said Robbie Anderson and uh, a number three, the, the first round pick this year to the Steelers for an Antonio Brown. Uh, the Jets might not want, get who they want at number three. You know, they're looking for either Bosa or Allen, and they might not slip to number three. The Jets could always trade back as well from number three, as has been suggested, and take one of the top wide receivers available in the draft. The Jets are going to also very likely go after number one wide receiver somehow, some way this season, whether it's by trade or whether it's moving down in the draft and getting a rookie who eventually can develop into that number one wide receiver because Sam Darnold's still a very young quarterback and, you know, it's the right timing basically to maybe get him a top wide receiver in the draft that can come in and work with Darnold from day one and the, the pair can eventually grow together and maybe be a top connection for the Jets for years together. So if the Jets don't get Antonio Brown, they can keep Robbie Anderson. They can draft a rookie. And Willie Colon, the former Steeler and the former Jet, recently told Sportsnet New York that he doesn't think, uh, and he's not the only one that says it, that he doesn't think it's a good idea for Antonio Brown to be a Jet. Because after all the distractions that he's caused and all the problems in the locker room. Do you want Antonio Brown to come into the Jets and then poison the locker room, basically? I'm paraphrasing. Cologne did not use those words, but basically some people are saying that, and Cologne included, not using that exact term, but basically bring that questionable element into the locker room, especially with a young quarterback. Cologne, Cologne was, was saying that, that Donald maybe couldn't handle it to play with Antonio Brown because if Antonio Brown's not getting the ball in the first half and he wants the ball and he starts going off, how's a guy like Sam Darnold going to uh, handle that? You know, a lot of people cover the Jets and NFL analysts saying that Antonio Brown being the divisive sort of diva that he is, uh, that he wouldn't be a good fit in a locker room where you want to develop positive personalities. Le'Veon Bell certainly had his issues in Pittsburgh, but you have to think that he would have a good attitude going somewhere else where he has to get a fresh start. So it's it's different in that regard. And uh, now the NFL says it's looking into the going to look into the domestic violence uh, allegations regarding Antonio Brown, uh, according to a published report, and this is just alleged that he uh, he actually pushed a woman down. You know, did the, the Jets want to openly deal with something like that, uh, in, in, depending on what comes of this report? So Antonio Brown's obviously the best wide receiver in the NFL, but do the Jets want to take on that kind of baggage? Then there's been other suggestions that maybe, you know, the Bengals want to start moving in a little bit of a different direction. Could the Jets trade for A.J. Green? I, I, maybe I like that even a little bit more than Antonio Brown. AJ Green has never really gotten in any trouble. He's never he's never had any baggage. Uh, we don't hear about any issues with AJ Green. A lot of these top superstar wide receivers are divas, but AJ Green's never given anybody a reason to think about him as a diva. And uh, what a what a great weapon that would be for a young quarterback. Just a, a you know big target, big wingspan. The great thing about A.J. Green is 
that he played with Andy Dalton for so many years and got used to catching everything around him because Andy Dalton had accuracy problems for such so 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 heavily a portion of his career that AJ Green got used to being able to, to, to pluck the errant ball, the inaccurate ball out of the air. You know, Danny Dalton was scattergun for a long time. He threw everywhere things everywhere where they shouldn't be, but yet AJ Green managed to pluck them out of the air. So basically what I'm saying is you know, Sam Darnold is a young quarterback who struggles with accuracy, but that won't be a problem for A.J. Green because he was used to dealing with that earlier in his career with Andy Dalton. And the guy's a vacuum. He, 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 he sucks up everything that basically comes in his area. He, he would be a great, great addition, I think, for uh, Sam Darnold. And look, from a fantasy perspective, things are going to look up for Sam Darnold. They're going to get him a better running game. They're going to get him uh, maybe a better pass catcher. and Maybe in a trade, but in the very least, in a draft. So if you got Darnold in a dynasty league, you, you love the approach that the Jets are taking to get him better weapons because a quarterback really will struggle if he doesn't have the weaponry around him, no matter who he is. The Jets have to continue to build that supporting cast around Sam Darnold, and that basically is their primary goal. So we're going to have to wait and see what, what happens here. Uh, I think you, if you're a Jet fan, I think you have to be optimistic that maybe you're going to have to go out and buy a jersey of a, of a superstar very, very soon because Le'Veon Bell could be a Jet, Antonio Brown could be a Jet, or A.J. Green could be a Jet if everything that we're reading – Come to fruition, but hey, crazy things have happened. You, you you never know. Maybe they maybe they trade for somebody else that we're not even talking about. But offensively and from a fantasy perspective, although we don't know where things are going to land just yet, things are looking up for the New York Jets for 2019 from a fantasy and from an offensive perspective. Moving on to uh, some other stories here. Uh, Darius Geis of the Washington Redskins actually released a video of himself running. He wasn't making any cuts, but uh, it's kind of nice to see because I, I was talking about it even as early as yesterday that uh, the concerns about Darius Geis are significant. After tearing his ACL last year, he had three more surgeries because of an infection. So as a keeper or a dynasty owner, you can't count on Darius Geis for anything. Uh, there's talk about maybe this team will bring back Adrian Peterson, and they might have to at age 34. Or do they hit the free agent market for somebody else? And But Peterson, would, in, a, in a regard of you don't know what you're going to get from guys, is kind of a good fit. He, he, he messed with the team pretty well this year. And you want to have that veteran insurance in case guys isn't ready. But if Geis isn't, is ready, or there's able to be a timeshare, you can kind of push Adrian Peterson towards the background. He's good insurance. He's not essential, but he can, maybe can get, the, can get the job done for one more year if uh, Geis isn't ready. But if, if Geis somehow is ready at some point during the upcoming season, then Adrian Peterson can really start to get pushed into the background more and more as uh, – as he heads towards being uh, 
what I, I think is obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the the Redskins have a lot of problems. They 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 have uh, they're a uh, bottom twelve in cap space. Alex Smith's going to eat up a lot of money under that cap, and you know maybe they get you know maybe they get rid of Josh Norman. They have to clear up some cap space because. This team, like we're talking about running back, they don't know what they're going to do with quarterback. Jamison Crowder is a free agent. Uh, they said they'd like to bring him back. But, you know, this team is really devoid of offensive talent, uh, you know, impact offensive talent. They they do have some promising guys on talent. Will they bring back Jordan Reed? Will they get rid of him? Uh, you know, it's a very sparse cupboard in Washington right now. <clears throat> Can, can this team go into the season with Colt McCoy as their quarterback? I don't think so. I know there's one host on the, the network that disagrees with me, but I think he's already been proven that uh, Colt McCoy is not a guy that any NFL team could count on him as a starter. So what do they do? You know, do they bring in a Joe Flacco? Do they bring in a Tyrod Taylor or somebody for a year maybe to, maybe to bridge this gap? But, the, you know, Washington's also in position – uh, and number 15 in the draft to pick a young rookie quarterback here. Uh, I guess I said young rookie quarterback. There's no such thing as an old rookie quarterback, right? You know, you know this is baseball. But, uh, you know, the Redskins are in a spot where maybe they can go after Kyler Murray with their number one draft pick, or maybe they can trade ahead and start looking towards the future here because it doesn't start seem to be much of a future with Alex Smith. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the Redskins get aggressive and make, maybe make a trade up for a quarterback or just see who slips to them in the draft. Because Kyler Murray, you, you know, you see his value all over the board. Anywhere from maybe mid to early first round in some mocks, late in the first round. I, I even saw one mock actually where they made a trade, the Patriots made a trade and picked Kyler Murray which would be very interesting, obviously. But that's pretty much what's going on in the NFL world. Uh, very interesting to see how this New York Jets situation plays out. For those of you uh, wondering what's going to ha- be happening fantasy baseball-wise, we're not going to be uh, covering it on rotoexperts.com anymore, but I still am going to be talking fantasy baseball in this show. Uh, I'm still uh, playing fantasy baseball intensely. Going to be involved in the Town Wars Mixed Auction in New York City on March 17th. And uh, watch rotoexperts.com very closely because we're going to be pointing you to some of our preferred partners that we think that you should go to for great fantasy baseball advice this season. Of course, you can also always listen to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever already. They're doing uh, a lot of fantasy baseball talk on this network. The uh, latest story out there has Bryce Harper talking to the uh, San Francisco Giants. A lot of Major League Baseball analysts are kind of frowning on him, signing out there. It's not like Harper's going to go to a team that he can push over the top if he goes to San Francisco. I think as fantasy players, we just want to know where he's going to land already. You know, some of us, a lot of us are doing best ball drafts already, and we don't know where he is, we don't know where Machado's going to be, etc. The one report is, that was out there yesterday is that Brad Boxberger is going to sign a, uh, a contract with the Kansas City Royals. And Boxberger was one of one of those 
remaining possible closer types out there. Uh, Wiley Peralta did a nice job down the stretch for Kansas City last year, but now Boxberger can either set up Peralta or maybe he could do that job if he's needed. Boxberger did lose the job last year with Arizona, but we've seen him close effectively before. He did it a few years ago with Tampa Bay. So Boxberger could at least set up Peralta. Maybe there's a possibility at some point he can take over that job as well. So that'll be a situation to watch. Uh, he could be a really nice setup guy for Peralta, but uh, if I'm drafting Peralta this year, I think I'm a little bit concerned that at some point, if Peralta falls off at all, that Boxberger can come in there and take over the job. And Boxberger was one of the two guys that left out there where I said, well, you know, maybe the Red Sox go after him because the Red Sox still don't have a closer. You know, Matt Barnes would be that closer right now if the season opened today. So to me, there's just one more name out there that maybe the Red Sox want to consider, you know, if they're going to go the cheaper route in trying to repair the back end of the bullpen. Bud Norris has done a very nice job over the last two years showing that he can be a closer. And I, I think Bud Norris signed him with the Red Sox. I think that would be a good move. Now, obviously, Craig Kimbrell is still unsigned, and I think we fantasy players want to know where Craig Kimbrell is going to end up too. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe the Red Sox are just waiting it out here, and they end up doing a smart thing where Kimbrell ends up eventually coming back to them for less money, and he returns as the closer. And that, that could end up happening. We are very, very close to pitchers and catchers reporting. And also, let's not forget about Fantasy NASCAR. We have the clash at Daytona this week. And uh, the Daytona 500 is now 10 days away. We'll have you covered here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Father and Son Fantasy NASCAR Hour will return this week on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All right, so a lot lots for us to cover here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Scott Engel, and I will see you on Friday.